Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 100 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. In an unusual circumstance, My Little Margie had both a TV show and a radio show that both ran concurrently with each other, starring the same actors. It ran from 1952 to 55 on CBS and NBC, and starred Gail Storm as 21-year-old Margie Albright, Charles Farrell as her father Vern Albright, Clarence Kolb as Charles Honeywell, Vern's boss, Hilary Brooke as Roberta Townsend, Vern's girlfriend, and Don Hayden as Freddie Wilson, Margie's boyfriend. Set in New York City, Margie and Vern live in an apartment at the Carlton Arms Hotel, and the sitcom revolves around the daily lives of the characters and their adventures. It has been compared by many to two other popular shows of the time, I Married Joan and Life with Elizabeth. Alan Young was a Canadian actor and comedian who got his start in Canadian radio in the 30s, before moving to New York in 1944. After appearing on a few American radio shows, he got his own show, The Alan Young Show, which ran from 1944 to 49, and on television from 1950 to 1953. On radio, Young played a bashful and awkward young man who was incredibly naive towards women. His girlfriend Betty was played by Louise Erickson, and his main rival, Hubert Updike III, was played by Jim Bacchus, who would later use this character as the basis for the character Thurston Howell III on the TV show Gilgan's Island. Don Wilson was the announcer, and George Wiley provided the music. Now sit back and enjoy the episode Little Moose from My Little Margie and the November 8th, 1946 broadcast of The Alan Young Show. The United States Armed Forces Radio Service presents My Little Margie, starring Gail Storm and Charles Farrell. It's morning in the Albright apartment, and as Margie serves breakfast, her father looks over the morning mail. After going through the usual batch of bills and circulars, he opens the letter, reads it, turns to Margie, and says, Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. A monkey's uncle? Dad, do I have a cousin you've never told me about? <laughs> I'm talking about this letter. Now, who do you think it's from? Who? Guess. Jaja? <laughs> Stop. You could guess if you tried. Now, who could send me a letter that would make me feel young again, that would stimulate me, that, that would quicken my pulse? Your draft board. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to tell you. It's from my old college chum, Mike Magruder, otherwise known as Big Moose. Oh, good old Big Moose. Best friend a guy ever had. Yes. You've told me something about him. How he used to wear your clothes, use your car, steal your girl. Oh, what a friend. <laughs> we used to share and share alike. Anything I had was his, and anything he had was mine. Uh, what did he have? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> Big Mooch. Sounds like he should have been called Big Mooch. He was a confirmed woman hater. A woman hater? Yeah. He'd hate to be away from them. <laughs> He was part moose and part wool. I'll bet you were the same way in college, huh, Dad? Oh, well, not exactly. I was sort of bashful in those days. There were over 600 girls on our campus, and, and I never kissed one of them. Which one? <laughs> oh, I mean that, Margie. I'll, I'll never forget. There was one girl I was crazy about. Uh -huh. 
I finally got up enough courage to ask her to be my girl. I said to her, Birdie. Was that her name? Birdie? No, no, but that's what I used to call her. <laughs> Why? She was pigeon-toed. <laughs> anyway, I said, Birdie, I want you to be my girl. I know I'm not as handsome as Big Moose. I'm not as good a dancer as Big Moose, and, and I'm not as popular as Big Moose. What happened? Well, she asked me to introduce her to Big Moose. <laughs> what a guy. Boy, I'd like to see the moose again and relive some of those good old football days. I'll never forget the play we used against State. It was a double reverse with the Statue of Liberty handoff. Big Moose carried the ball, and my job was to block out the opposing fullback. Mm -hmm. Now, get that chair out of the way, and I'll, I'll show you how it went. Okay, Dad. Go ahead. 72, 54, 48, height. Now, I go through the line and smack the opposing fullback like this. Hello? Don't just sit there, Margie. Help me pick him up. Oh, 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 oh what hit me? Fullback, old Dad. <laughs> what was going on? Well, Dad was living in the past for a moment. He got a letter from his old college chum. Oh, you mean the letter from Big Moose? Mrs. Odette, how do you know about the letter? Well, every morning when the doorman delivers the mail in this building, he usually stops by my apartment first with my mail. So in appreciation, I usually brew him some coffee. I see. Sometimes I even fix him a big breakfast, too. But, uh, that all depends. Depends on what? On how many other people's letters he has that I want to steam open. <laughs> Hey, Margie, while you were talking, I read the second part of Big Moose's letter. What do you think it says? His son is coming to New York. Okay, Mrs. Odette, you might as well tell her the rest. Well, his son's name is Mike Magruder, Jr., and he's coming in for a visit. He'll be here tomorrow. Thank you. You're welcome. I've never met Big Moose's son. I guess they call him Little Moose. Yeah. Oh, I guess he's just about your age, Margie, and... Oh, say, this is great. What's great? My daughter and Big Moose's son. Oh, what an ideal match. Uh, now, now, wait a minute, Dad. I'm perfectly capable of picking my own boyfriend. Well, if you pick Freddie Wilson, you're not capable. <laughs> now, Margie, I want you to cancel all your dates for the rest of the week and devote all your time to Big Moose's son when he gets here. But, Dad... I have spoken. <laughs> Who knows what this might lead to? Now, just think. Someday, my daughter may be married to Little Moose. Me? Marry little moose? And may all your children be else. <laughs> Hello, Margie. Where's your father? He went out for a while. Mrs. Odette, what am I going to do about this situation? Well, from what your father said, Big Moose was a husky, handsome man. And if Little Moose is a chip off the old block, he'll got nothing to squawk about. Well, that's not the point. I don't like the idea of Dad running my life for me. I'm over 21. I can pick my own boyfriend. Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, now, Margie, I wouldn't cry like that. You cry any way you like. This is my way. <laughs> oh, knock it off. Knock it off. But, Mrs. Odette, suppose Dad insists that I marry Little Moose. Well, what's wrong with that? 
Marriage is a great institution. Well, I'm not ready for an institution. <laughs> oh, Margie, marriage isn't so bad. Take it from an old hand. Why, I've walked down that aisle so many times, I know the way blindfold. <laughs> You've had your quota of husbands, all right, haven't you? I've had more than my quota. But the idea is to find the right man. Now, you take my fourth husband. Oh. From the first day we were married, he stayed home every night. That's what I call devotion. The doctor called it gout. <laughs> Come in. Hi, Margie. Hi, Miss Odette. Hi, Freddie. Hello, Freddie. Say, what's wrong with you? You don't look happy. I'm not. Dad's closest pal in college was a fellow named Big Moose. Big Moose has a son named Little Moose, and he's coming to town, and Dad wants me to spend all my time with him. Well, how long's he gonna stay? Maybe forever. Dad has visions of Little Moose marrying me. Marrying you? What about me? I think he'd rather marry me. Margie, <laughs> <laughs> quit kidding. You know what I mean. I know. But what can I do about it? I wish I could figure out a way to stop Dad from interfering in my life. Picking my boyfriend. I know how you can stop him. How? Elope with me. That's the best thing. What's the next best thing? (laughs) Well, I don't think it's right for him to run your life, Margie. If he was my father, I'd say to him... You'd say what? Hi, Pop. (laughs) Now, Freddie, this is none of your affair, and I don't want you to butt into it. Well, you've got no right to run Margie's life. Tell him, Freddy. Yeah, tell me. Now, listen, Margie. Little Moose must be a human dynamo like his father, and that's the kind of a boyfriend I want you to have. Well, I'm a human dynamo, too. You, a dynamo? Sure, everything he has on is charged. (laughs) Mr. Albright, why don't you approve of me? Tell me why. Oh, that'd take all day. I want Margie to have a man for a boyfriend. Well, I'm a man. I've got a lot of good points. Name them. Well, I'm clean cut. I'll concede that. I've got character. I'll concede that, too. I'm honest. I'll also concede that. I've got brains. (laughs) Freddie, you should have quit when you were ahead. (laughs) All right, Freddie, I've heard enough from you. Now scram. Bye. Now, Margie, baby, believe me, I'm only doing this because I've got your best interest at heart. And someday, you'll thank me. I thank you? You're welcome. <laughs> now, whatever you saw in that Freddie Wilson is beyond me. He'll never amount to anything. He, he has no goal in life. His goal is to marry me someday. But now it looks like you've kicked the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Odette. Well, Margie, today is the day. Yep. Today is the day that Little Moose comes into my life. <laughs> and today is the day I start teaching my father a lesson. Do you think your plan will work? It's got to. You haven't told anyone, have you? Why, Margie, you know me. Yeah, that's why I asked. <laughs> I haven't told a soul. Oh, hello, Margie. Oh, I, I see they've delivered the groceries. Yes. 
Dad, I wanted... Margie, I'm not going to argue this whole thing all over again. After all, a father knows what's best for his daughter. Okay, Dad, whatever you say. And furthermore, what I say goes and I demand... Margie, do you feel all right? Of course, Dad. I've... I've gotten a message. I'll do whatever you say. Oh, that's swell, baby. Gee, he'll be here any minute now. Uh, Margie, put on your cheerleader sweater. You know, the one you wore in college. But what? Well, you've got to greet him properly. Well, can't I just greet him with a simple hello instead of a somersault, three tigers, and a locomotive? Oh, all right. Oh, that must be him. Come in. I beg your pardon. This is the domicile of Vernon Albright, I presume? Uh, you presume, right? And you are Vernon Albright, I also presume? Stop presuming and get to the point. Who are you? I am Michael Magruder, Jr. What? You mean to say that a skinny, scrawny-looking goof like you is Big Moose's son? Please. I'd prefer that you refer to Peter as Senior. Why, you pitsqueak. Please, you're fogging my bifocals. <laughs> well, well, well. So this is Little Moose. Little Moose? He looks more like Little Mouse. <laughs> What's the matter, Mr. Albright? What do you mean? Your face has the look of a man who has just bitten into a sour apple. Oh, nonsense. He'd never think of biting you. <laughs> I might even go so far as to say you look a little puzzled. What am I, a strange creature from another planet? Oh, of course you're not from another planet. But you sure are a strange creature. <laughs> what was that? Oh, oh, I said I'm going to the movies. There's a double feature. <laughs> yes, I heard you the first time, madam, and let me assure you that I'm quite normal. As a matter of fact, I'm rather average. No different from any other brilliant genius. <laughs> uh, Michael, did you go to the same college Dad and your father went to? College? Oh, you poor sweet child. Of course not. What could college possibly teach me that I haven't already learned by myself? Well, I've read Homer's Iliad in the original Greek, Virgil in the original Latin, and Victor Hugo in the original French. Did you ever read Little Abner in the original English? <laughs> Are you referring to a comic strip? Oh, how vulgar. People <laughs> who read them are abominably stupid. Really? Well, just shake my hand and call me Knucklehead. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me, Michael, uh, what are your interests in life? Well, I find archaeology absorbing. Last year in Cairo, I unearthed old Egyptian prisons and found petrified remains of the prisoners. Oh, I see. That's where they get the expression hardened criminals. <laughs> well, let's go back to little Abner. Hey, Mr. Albright, I understand you're in the investment business. Oh, that's right, I, I am. Confidentially, do you feel that the fiduciary obligations of Luxembourg and Argentina, clandestinely organized in international cartels, it can seriously undermine the position of the pound sterling on the Paris Bourse? Well, uh, you see, uh, I, I mean... Uh, uh, that is, of course, disregarding the French franc. Oh, well, if you disregard that, naturally. What? <laughs> uh, 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 Mrs. Odette, uh, uh, what's the name of that double feature? 
Lost in a Fog, starring Vern Albright. <laughs> and I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. <laughs> Speaking of entertainment, would you care to accompany me on a night of merriment and revelry, Margie? Oh, I'd be glad to, Michael. Let me show you to your room and I'll put a fresh face on and we can leave in about half an hour. Big Moose Magruder's son. I, I just can't believe it. Oh, poor Big Moose having a son like that. Oh, it's probably that girl he married, Priscilla Higginbottom. Oh, what a bookworm she was. I don't envy you putting up with that boy for a week. Oh, uh, I don't know. It, it, it could have been worse. What do you mean? Well, you know how Big Moose was always borrowing things from me. Yes. Well, I used to go with Priscilla myself. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. No. No, I haven't seen the guy yet. But he's Big Moose Magruder's son. Gee whiz, he's got to be seven feet tall. <laughs> well, I, I decided that I'm going to show Margie I have muscles, too. Oh, yes, I... Don't get funny. Listen, Jerry. You got an old pair of football shoulder pads I could wear under my jacket? An old mattress? Oh, boy, that's even better. There's nothing like a little stuffing. <laughs> yes, thanks, Jerry. You're a pal. So long. Come in. Oh, Mr. Albright. Hello, Freddy. Uh, how have you... Wow, Freddy. What's happened to you? What do you mean? Oh, you look swollen. <laughs> yeah. The body beautiful. I'm taking a muscle building course. Oh, let me feel. <laughs> I've only been taking the course one day, but already you can see the improvement. Yeah, yeah. Who who gives the course? Uh, Professor Capoc? Capoc? From the mattress stuffing of the same name. <laughs> Now, look, Brady, if you're doing this to impress Margie, you can stop. You're a better man than Little Mouse right now. Little Mouse? Big Mouse's... <laughs> Big Mouse's offspring. And the trouble is, he didn't spring far enough. You mean the guy's a square? A real eight ball. Boy! Hi, Freddy. Hello, Margie. Freddy, what's happened to you? Are you sick? Sick? Dad, is it possible to get mumps in the shoulders? <laughs> Margie, they're supposed to be muscles. Muscles? How vulgar. What do you mean, vulgar? My muscles are as refined as anybody's. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you, Freddy, but I never could stand the barbaric type. Freddy, barbaric? Little Freddy? Well, compared to Michael, of course. Michael is so wonderful. He's so smooth, so polished. What is he, a man or a floor wax? <laughs> Michael, do you really like the guy? Oh, yes. Well, he's so intelligent, so sophisticated. He's creating a new hairdo especially for me. And he's designing a new gown to bring out my personality. This guy has too much talent for one person. There should be two of them. Yeah, and I'd love the job of splitting him up. 
Oh, oh, hello, Freddie. Good evening, Mr. Albright. Dad, Michael and I are going out this evening. Darn it, Margie, what do you see in that guy anyway? Well, Michael says we are two kindred spirits. He says his psyche is in tune with mine. Well, he better be careful. I'll pull down his aerial. <laughs> Good evening, all. Ah, oh, there you are, Margie. Ready to go? Quite. Dad, we're going to a recital featuring Antrim Palavidercio. He's going to sing Rossini's Una Voce Poco Fa. Where's Margie? I don't get it. You never went in for bebop before. <laughs> yeah, I beg your pardon, young man. I don't think we've met. Oh, oh that's right. Freddie Wilson, Michael Magruder. Uh, how do you do? Freddie, you could say pleased to meet you. Yeah, I could, but I have to live with myself. <laughs> I wish I could show you how to make that painless. <laughs> Mr. Albright, are you using your car tonight? Well, I was going out to see a client. Well, don't you think you ought to walk? I mean, a man of your age who was so athletic in his youth. Insurance mortality tables show that... All right, all right. Take the car. I'll walk. Oh, you're very kind. Oh, by the way, could you tide me over with fifty dollars? Fifty dollars? Oh, you're right. Oh, that does seem like a paltry sum to entertain your daughter. Yeah, make it a hundred. A hundred dollars? Now listen, young man. Now, incidentally, I'm writing home tomorrow. Is there anything you'd want me to tell my father? What a great guy you are. Or is a hundred. You sure stuck your oar in at the right time. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, come along now, Michael. Good night, Dad. Freddie. Mr. Albright, I just want to ask you one thing. What's that, Freddie? Did his parents ever have any children? <laughs> All right. Excuse me for being inquisitive, but you've looked rather jumpy and nervous for the past few days. Is it on account of Michael? Mrs. Odette, if you don't mind, please don't mention that name. Every time I hear it, it's, it's like a charge of electricity shooting into my head. Okay, suits me. Dad, has Michael come in yet? <laughs> Mr. All right, what's happened? I just blew a fuse. <laughs> Margie, he isn't here. Oh, so it is Michael who's been disturbing you. Yes, and he's been here almost a week, and already I'm a candidate for the booby hatch. Well, personally, I feel sorry for the boy. When I look at him, I'm a little touched. You're a little touched? <laughs> he's already touched me for 300 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's the only thing he's inherited from his father. From big moose to big mooch. <laughs> now, calm down, Mr. Albright. Well, how can I? Oh, I don't care so much for myself, but, but I'm worried about the effect he's having on Margie. He's even got her writing poetry. What's wrong with writing poetry? On the head of a pin? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Odette, would, would you please talk to Margie and try to get her to give up this jerky genius? <laughs> Nothing doing, Papa. You started it. Now let it finish you. <laughs> Yes, baby, I, I want to talk to you about Big Mooch. 
Dad, if you're referring to Michael, I find your attitude very unreasonable. I like him very much. Well, but baby, he's too smart for you. What? Uh, do you realize he's willed his brain to the Smithsonian Institute? And they ought to take it away from him before he's ready to give it up. Dad, I've made up my mind. Michael and I are getting to the serious stage. Uh, Mr. Albright, are you trying to persuade your daughter to give up Michael? Why, he's such a sterling character. He isn't sterling at all. He's solid brass. <laughs> Dad, regardless of what you may say about Michael, it will not change my feelings for him. Ah, oh, there you are, Margie. Are you ready for our stroll through the art museum? Now listen, you half-baked quiz kid. <laughs> I want to leave my house immediately and never come back, you hear? Or I'll cut you right in the nose. wasn't an athlete. Looks like he's captain of the track team. Dad, how could you do such a thing? And to the son of your lifelong friend. I don't care. I'd rather risk losing a friend than my daughter. Margie, I forbid you ever to see that mental monster again, and, and that's an order. There you go. Interfering with my life again. Oh, oh baby, I, I don't mean to. I... I'm only doing what I believe is best for you, and, and I promise, if you'll forget all about this Michael character, I'll never interfere with you again. Dad, would you repeat that, please? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll never interfere with you again. Mrs. Odette, you're a witness. You heard him. Naturally, I hear everything. What do you mean, <laughs> do you mean she's a witness? Dad, read this telegram. It came a few days ago. Well, let's see. Hmm. Hmm, why, why, it's from Big Moose. It says his son isn't coming here at all. He, he eloped with his girlfriend and went to Hawaii for a honeymoon. That's right. Well, then, who in the Sam Hill was the character who ran out of here? My nephew. <laughs> he's an associate professor at Columbia University. <laughs> yes, and he very obligingly consented to help me out when I decided to teach you a lesson in minding your own business. <laughs> <laughs> all along. Did, did you think you could fool me? Uh, what do you think I am, stupid? Margie, Margie, I ask you a question. Margie, how dare you speak to me like that? Yes, sir, I'm his little Margie. <laughs> My Little Margie is a presentation of the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. Alan Young is here to greet you, everybody, everywhere. Every Friday at this time, he comes to say hello, buyer. For a pan of vitality, two products you should know on the Alan Young, Alan Young, Alan Young Show. Well, it's Friday again, and as usual, we take you to the little white cottage in Van Nuys, California, where we find the star of our show, that young man who is young today and young forever, Alan Young. (laughs) 
Well, there doesn't seem to be anyone home. And if Alan isn't home, there's only one place he can be. Over at Betty's house. Betty? Yes, Alan? Betty, let's sit on the porch swing together. Oh, Alan, when we sit on the porch swing, all you ever do is just rock back and forth. I won't just rock back and forth tonight, Betty. <laughs> you won't? Sideways. If you like, let's sit down. Thanks, Betty. Mm. <laughs> Comfortable, isn't it? <laughs> Gee, Betty, I'm a lucky guy. Now, you could be sitting on this swing with plenty of other fellas. Oh, I'd rather be with you, Alan. What made you choose me, Betty? Well, Harry is very handsome, and Joe is very intelligent. But you, <laughs> Alan, you're so distant. <laughs> Thanks, Betty. Betty, as long as you like me so much and I like you so much, well, how would you like to walk down the aisle with me next week? Oh, Alan, do you mean it? Yeah, I got a free pass to the Bijou Theater. <laughs> oh, Alan, I thought you were talking about marriage. Well, I can't think of marriage, Betty. I haven't any money saved up. Well, Alan, I thought of a way to save money. Hmm? Every time you kiss me goodbye, I'll charge you ten cents. And then I'll save up all the dimes. Ten cents a kiss, huh? That's right. And, uh, now before you go, Alan, I'm all screwed up. Ten cents, huh? <laughs> That's right. For ten cents, you can kiss me. <laughs> Care to shake hands? <laughs> oh, Alan. Well, I've got to go in now and prepare dinner for Daddy. I'll see you later. Okay, bye, Betty. <laughs> oh, Margie. I'm always thinking of you, Margie. <laughs> <laughs> Someday Betty and I'll get married and settle right down here in Van Nuys. Such nice people around here. <laughs> oh, hello, Mrs. Tyler. <laughs> hello, Mrs. Meadowbrook. Lovely day today. <laughs> Mrs. Daniels, drugstore. I just weigh myself in the scale outside. Hello, Alan. Oh, hello, Mrs. Johnson. Just weighing myself in the scale here. Hundred and ninety-two pounds. Why, show Betty this card, a hundred and ninety-two. <laughs> okay, Mr. Johnson, you can have your baby back now. Oh, that's all right, Alan. Just put him back in the baby carriage. I've been watching him out here while my other children are in the drugstore. Yeah, you've got quite a large family, haven't you, Mrs. Johnson? Yes, and the things those children do. Yeah. Oh, just look at them in that drugstore. Herbert? Stop feeding Jimmy those band-aids. <laughs> and you, Jimmy, get your soda straw out of that Chanel number five. <laughs> Cute youngsters. As I was saying, Alan, I... Michael, put down those tweezers and give Donald back his eyebrows. <laughs> Did the same things when I was a kid. Oh, they're such a responsibility. Bruce! Get that whipped cream off Albert's head. <laughs> Just because his head is pointy doesn't mean he looks good with a cherry on him. <laughs> nice seeing you again, Mrs. Johnson. Oh, Alan, you can do me a very big favor. Yeah. I have to take all the children over for haircuts, so would you please watch Junior in the baby carriage till I get back? Well, Mrs. Johnson... Oh, thank you, Alan. Come on, kiddies. They went that away. <laughs> what a bunch of kids. 
This little one in the carriage here is really cute. I think the little fellow's trying to say something to me. What's the matter there, Junior? <laughs> what was that? Sounds like he's going to grow up and sell tobacco. <laughs> what a cute little fella. Kitty, kitty, kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, certainly is roly-poly. Oh, no, I'm standing at the wrong end of the carriage. <laughs> Gee, little boy, I hope your mother gets back here soon. But you have nothing to worry about, do you? You just lie there soaking in the sunshine. <laughs> Nice little man. Beautiful day today, isn't it? I didn't know their voices changed so early. Oh, oh, hello there, officer. Well, that's a mighty fine-looking youngster you have there. Thanks, officer. Looks just like me, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, he certainly does. Well, I'm glad to see you're taking such good care of him. You know, there's been a wave of abandoned babies in the neighborhood lately. Imagine anybody abandoning his own child. It's the most awful thing a person could do. Yeah. Just look at those rosy cheeks, that smooth skin, and those tiny little ears. Yeah, thanks, officer. The baby's kind of cute, too. <laughs> you know, if anybody ever abandoned a baby on my beat, I'd tear them limb from limb. Oh, I wouldn't blame you one bit, officer. By the way, if you're going to stay on this corner for a while, maybe I could leave this baby with you. What was that? Just going to leave the baby with you for a while. Listen, bud, you leave that baby for one minute and I'll call headquarters. Oh, officer, you don't understand. This isn't my baby. Wait a minute. You yourself said the baby looked like you. Well, that doesn't prove a thing. A lot of people look alike. Well, there's probably some poor fellow in this country that looks just like you. <laughs> oh, well, wise guy, huh? Now start wheeling that carriage, bud, and don't stop till you get home. But I tell you... I'm that... walking right with you, see, so start pushing. Yes, sir. You walk on that side of the carriage, and I'll walk on this side. You want me to wheel it home? Well, have you got any other suggestions? Maybe. Could go over to bride and groom and tell them how we first met. Say, friends, got a mirror handy? Okay, take a look at it. Now then, smile. How is that smile of yours? Is it bright and sparkling, enough to make you proud of it? Well, look, here's a way to help that smile of yours to a new brightness, a radiance you never thought possible. Just brush your teeth with Ipana toothpaste, and every time you do, put a little extra Ipana on your fingertips and gently massage it on your gums. Your teeth will be brighter, your smile more sparkling, for Ipana is designed not only to clean your teeth, but with gentle massage to aid in the health of your gums. Just ask your dentist. A national survey shows that seven out of ten dentists recommend gum massage. Not only that... But dentists themselves prefer Ipana toothpaste two to one over any other dentifrice for their own personal use. So why don't you start right away with Ipana toothpaste and gum massage? Ipana for a brighter, more sparkling smile. Well, Alan Young has had a blessed event. Yes, that's right. He's just come into possession of eight and a half pounds of trouble. Through a misunderstanding, the policeman on the corner insisted that Alan take Mrs. Johnson's baby home. So let's look in on Alan's house and see how Daddy Young and his pal Zero are doing. <laughs> 
Zero, isn't he a cute little baby? But imagine getting him from a policeman. Policeman? I better check up on my animals. Check up on your animals? Yeah, I always thought a baby was brought by a stork. This one was forced on you by a bull. <laughs> That's a pretty funny joke I made up, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's no time for jokes. Huh? What am I going to do with this baby? The cop is walking up and down outside the house. I can't get past him. Hey, hmm? I've got an idea, Alan. Yeah? Why don't I get dressed up as a woman? What good will that do, Zero? I can smuggle him out and me bustle. No, that wouldn't. <laughs> well, why not? Well, he gets suspicious, seeing a lady walk out of the house, breathing at both ends. <laughs> Better keep the baby here till that cop goes off duty. But that poor kid is really getting hungry, too. Uh, don't worry, Alan. I'll feed him. Mm, that cop out there walking back and forth watching the house. Well, I'll bet that... Zero! Yeah, Alan? Babies drink milk. Take a nipple off that bottle of beer. <laughs> hey, look, Alan. He likes this stuff. Just listen to him. Zero, leave the baby alone. Besides, he's yawning. It's probably past his bedtime now. Hey, uh, Alan, let me rock him to sleep in my arms. Okay, here, but be careful, Zero. Certainly. Oopsie-daisy, little fella. Come down to Zero. <laughs> Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the ball... Shh, shh, shh. He's sleeping. Oh, yeah. He's sleeping. <laughs> you and that bottle? Alan, it was only milk. I just put it in a beer bottle. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get him to sleep. Uh, oh, I wonder who this is. Hello, Alan. Oh, hiya, Betty. What's new? Well, Alan, I was passing by, and I just had to come in and ask you about those things hanging on your clothesline. Oh, those things on the clothesline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, well... Well, Betty, with the football season here, I'm washing my college pennant. College pennant? But they're all white. Yes, uh, Lux University. <laughs> Stop being silly, Alan. Whose baby have you got in the house? Oh, Betty, it's Mrs. Johnson. She left it with me. The cop outside thought it was mine. Maybe take it home. He's outside watching me. Well, I'm sure I can explain the whole thing to the policeman, Alan. Oh, where's the baby now? Zero has him in the other room. He's trying to put him to sleep. Right in here, Betty. Uh-huh. Here's another bedtime story. Once upon a time, there was three bank robbers. <laughs> Louie the Lug, Safe Cracking Sam, and Randolph the Rat. <laughs> One day, these three guys was robbing a bank. Randolph the Rat is parked outside with the motor running. Well, Louie and Sam make the grab, scram out of the bank, and what do you think happens? Randolph, not being able to resist present-day prices, Sells the getaway car to a used car dealer. <laughs> so there is Louis. Zero! Oh, oh, hello, Alan. Hello, Mr. Pepper. Hello, Zero. Zero, what kind of a story is that to tell a little baby? Well, it's keeping him quiet, Alan. Oh, he's such a cuddly little baby. I hate to let him go. But we've got to get him back to Mrs. Johnson. Here, give him to me, Zero. Okay, Mr. Pepper. Uh, open the door for me, please, Alan. All right, Betty. Maybe you'll have better luck getting by that policeman. No. He's still there. Well, I'll call him over, Alan, and explain the situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, officer. Well, this makes me feel a lot better. Yes, sir. That's just where that baby belonged, in your wife's arms. My, my wife? No, no, officer, this isn't my wife. This is the woman I love. 
let me explain. Ah, the three of you back together again. That's the way it should be. But... You know, confidentially, ma'am, I think the baby looks just like you. But, officer... And he kept saying the baby looked like him. But I know a normal baby when I see one. <laughs> but, officer, it isn't his baby, and not my baby either. Now, wait a minute. Really? We're just taking the baby back to the corner and... Nobody's abandoning a baby on my beach. But, officer, you... Come don't... on now, back in the house. And be thankful that you have such a fine-looking youngster. Yes, sir. Hey, Betty? I can't get out of the house with the baby. Well, what are we going to do with him? Or her? You haven't even told me what it is yet. What do you mean, Betty? <laughs> well, Alan, every baby must be either a boy or a girl. Must be be hampered by tradition. <laughs> Come, Hubert, up, guys. Killjoy was here. <laughs> Filthy rich updike. Gee, Betty, the baby. Oh. If you would find out about that baby, you'll get me into worse trouble. Well, Ellen, I'll take Junior in the next room. Okay. Gee, I've got to keep Hubert annoying about this baby. Oh, Ellen, I'm here. I'm here. Stand back, for I'm about to unfold my paddles. <laughs> oh, hello, Hubert. Uh, do you mind if I sit down, Alan? Oh, I'm exhausted. Exhausted? Hmm? The election drove me crazy. What was the trouble, Hubert? Well, you know how big my state is. The mm. left wing is in California, and the right wing is in Arizona. Mm. And I couldn't figure out where to vote. Yes. Well, why didn't you vote in the north wing? They're not holding elections in Canada. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, Hubert, it's nice talking to you, but I guess you've got a lot of things to do, so why don't you get going? Oh, what was that? Well, it's just my canary That's all, just a little canary <laughs> He always swings and misses that perch Alan, that sounds like a barbie a barbie? <laughs> And I'm going to open that door No, 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 Hubert, don't Oh, it's Batty and she's holding a barbie <laughs> I'm resigning from the stalk club. Hubert, let me explain. Oh, mother, hand me the broom. He's done me dirt again. <laughs> Hubert, you don't understand. No, I can't understand perfectly. <laughs> you and you and Batty eloped and got married. We did not. You did get married. You did. You did. You did. <laughs> I'm going to commit suicide. Oh, please, Hubert, calm down. That's what I'm going to do, commit suicide. Tomorrow I'll climb up to the top of my dad's wallet and jump off. <laughs> oh, this is dreadful. Well, well Hubert... <laughs> Hubert, won't you please listen to reason? Alan, I'm so mad I could burst a vessel. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, of course. Of course. <laughs> I, I can't get over it. How could any girl give me up to marry Alan? Why, that's like turning down champagne to drink vinegar. <laughs> Listen, Hubert, we'd like to keep this quiet for just a little while longer. And if Mr. Dittenpepper ever heard about this... Oh, well, well, don't worry, Alan. I'm your friend. I shall keep this secret. Mr. Dittenpepper will never know. Oh, thanks, pal. Well, don't worry, Alan. I won't breathe a word. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Papa Dittenpepper, Betty has a body! Oh, He's married to Alan! Oh, Papa Dittenpepper! 
Hello. Hello. Yes, operator. I'll hold on. Oh, uh, Mr. Woolington, I must use the phone. Well, I'm sorry, Hubert. What's the hurry? Well, I have something very important to tell Mr. Dittenpepper. Oh, a bit of gossip, Hubert? Uh, yes, Mr. Woolington. It's, it's you say... Well, no, I want to tell him about my new hand-painted necktie. Oh, but Hubert, a lot of people wear neckties that are hand-painted. By Rembrandt? <laughs> oh, Hubert, look, that isn't important enough to interrupt my call. You just wait your turn. After all, you're no better than any other ordinary man. Ooh! There! Why, even time and tide waits for an updike. Well, I'm afraid you'll have to wait 60 seconds longer. 60 seconds? Heavens to Bristol Myers. <laughs> well, in 60 seconds, I could give myself a Vitalis workout. Won't come to think of it, you could. Because that's all it takes, you know, to treat your hair and scalp to a workout that does wonders for your scalp as well as your hair. That's because Vitalis and the 60-second workout loosens a tight, dry scalp, routes loose dandruff, and helps prevent excessive falling hair. Not only that, there's no patent leather shine on your hair after you use Vitalis. No greasy, plastered-down look. Your hair looks well-groomed in a natural, masculine way. So get a bottle of Vitalis. It's available at all drug counters. And then take just 60 seconds to give your hair and scalp that stimulating and helpful Vitalis workout. Remember, if you want to look your best tomorrow, get a bottle of Vitalis tonight. Now it's time for the smart set for their arrangement of old buttermilk sky. Old buttermilk sky, I'm keeping my eyes on you. What's the good word tonight? Are you gonna be mellow tonight? Old buttermilk sky, can't you see my little donkey and me? Try to explain to Hubert how they got the baby. But Hubert is firmly convinced that Betty and Alan are secretly married. But let's look in on Mr. Dittenpepper as he settles down in an easy chair to read the paper. Well, it's certainly nice to relax here. Well, let's see about those football scores. Uh, hello? Oh, hello, Hubert, my boy. What did you say? 
Betty married to Alan Young? Why, that's ridiculous. Betty and Alan can't be married. What's that? They've got me. Hubert, if this is true, I'll skin that Alan Young alive. What? Yes, you can put it in front of your fireplace. Yes. I'm going over to Alan's house right this minute, and what you say is true, I'll break every bone in his body. Pretty soon the cop will be off the beat and we can take the baby back to Mrs. Johnson. Oh, I hate to give him back. He's so cute. Did you look like that when you were a baby, Alan? Nah, I was a funny-looking kid. Big, flappy ears. Oh, no. Yeah, big, flappy ears. One day I fell out of my crib and almost glided into the kitchen. <laughs> oh, Alan. This one's real cute, though, Betty. Alan, I think I'll take the baby in the next room and freshen him up before we get him back to Mrs. Johnson. That's a good idea, Betty. Uh, do you have any talcum powder? Oh, don't be silly. The kid won't be shaving for years yet. Well, I'll go get him dressed, and we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. In a few minutes, we'll take the baby back. Mrs. Johnson will be happy. The cop will be happy. I'll be happy. Nothing can go wrong now. I wonder who that can be. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. oh it's you, Mr. Pepper. You certainly dropped over at the right time. Hello, Alan. Why are you looking at me like that? There's a question I'd like to ask you. Are you married? Thanks, but I'd rather settle down with a girl. (laughs) Alan Young, I've never felt like this before. I'm shaking and quivering all over. And do you know why I'm shaking and quivering? Forgot to change to your longies? (laughs) Alan Young, you married Betty and you have a baby. Oh, no, no. No, Mr. Never. You've got to believe me. You've really got it. If there's a baby in this house, I'll be a Dutch uncle. Oh, yeah? Yeah, sure. If there's a baby in this house, I'll be a Dutch uncle. Alan, the baby's dressed. Oh, the the type, the ploop, and the dirt, and the the Betty, you acted against my wishes. You went out and married an idiot. I did not marry Alan. <laughs> there's no use denying it. There's the baby right before my eyes. And you say that baby isn't yours? Why, I'd like to... I'd like to... I... I... Hey, he's a pretty cute-looking youngster. (laughs) Well, look at him playing with my thigh. Well, he uh, kind of looks like his grandfather, doesn't he? But Mr. Tittenpepper, the... Ellen, my boy. I've always wanted a grandchild. He does look like me, doesn't he, Ellen? He'll lose that pot tummy as he grows up. <laughs> Ellen, nothing you say can make me mad. I'm in my glory. My own little grandchild. Aren't you, my little man? <laughs> Oh, hello, Mr. Dittenpepper. Hello, Zero. Now, what do you think of my grandchild? Uh, uh, grandchild? Zero, Mr. Dittenpepper thinks this is Betty's baby. We've got to get him out of here. Leave it to me, Alan. I'll think of something. It, uh, oh, Mr. Dittenpepper, can I have the baby now? All right, Zero. Do you want to hold the baby for a change? No, I think I'll take him in the other room for a change. <laughs> 
Oh, Alan, that baby has made me a new man. I love everybody. Right now, I'm going to start handing out cigars. Uh, say, there's a policeman outside the house. Uh, hey, officer, come in here a minute. Something I can do for you? Yes, yes. Step right in, officer. In honor of my new grandchild, I want you to have a cigar. Well, thanks. I'm glad this young man has seen the light. Seen the light? Yes, seen the light. Yes. My Frigidaire door was stuck. When I opened it, I seen the light. (laughs) Uh, You two seem to be getting along fine. Yes, I'm very proud of Alan. Why, what's wrong? Out of the house. What's wrong? Baby's got the measles. The joint is contaminated. Baby, baby has the measles. Well, how do you know? Are you a pediatrician? No, oh, I got a car. I never walk. Dear, <laughs> dear, what's going on? I put ketchup on the kid's face to make it look like the measles. It's just ketchup. Ketchup? Yeah. The poor baby. Look at him, covered with red dots. I'd better get a doctor right away. I'd better go and report this to the board of health. Yeah, everybody out of the house. Out of the house. Dear, it's working. It's working. <laughs> Uh-uh. Ellen, I came over to get my baby. Your baby? Yes, I came over to get my son. My little son. Mother! <laughs> Here I am. Ellen, I want... Oh, there he is, my little boy. Zero. Zero. Wipe the baby's tears. His measles are running into each other. Do something. Measles? Look at this stuff. It's ketchup. Oh, my poor baby. What have they done to my poor baby? Your baby. So this isn't my grandchild. No, Mr. Dittenpepper. Alan Young, you make my blood boil. Anything you say. You get a pan and I'll boil it. (laughs) Alan Young, come here. No. Well, now that everything's okay, I'll be running along. Officer, don't go. Don't go. Arrest Mr. Dittenpepper for murder. Arrest him for murder. Don't be silly. I can't arrest him for murder. I've got to have a corpse. Come back in five minutes. I'll be waiting. (laughs) Alan will be back in just a moment. If someone in your family is suffering from a cold, get a tube of Minute Rub and let this really modern chest rub give quick relief from cold discomfort. Just rub Minute Rub on the throat, chest, and back. In a minute, Minute Rub's soothing menthol vapors begin to clear that stuffed feeling in the nose and throat. In a minute, Minute Rub starts to bring a feeling of warmth and relief to those tight, sore, aching muscles. And listen, here at last is a chest rub that's greaseless and stainless. Disappears like vanishing cream and can't stain clothes and bed linens. So get a tube of Minute Rub and get relief from that annoying cold misery the modern way. The greaseless, stainless Minute Rub way. Now, here's Alan. Thanks, Jimmy. Friends, next week we'll have the pleasure of welcoming Ed Gardner, Archie of Duffy's Tavern, as our guest. During the week, please remember the two fine folks that bring you this show, Ipana for the smile of beauty and Vitalis for well-groomed hair. Ipana, Vitalis. Until next week, then, this is Alan Young saying good night. To remind you that Alan Young can now be seen in the 20th Century Fox picture, Margie. The Alan Young Radio Show is written by Al Schwartz and Sherwood Schwartz. The part of Hubert Updike is played by Jim Backus and Zero by Charlie Cantor. The music is by George Weil and his orchestra. And remember, 
We'll be seeing you next Friday, everybody, everywhere. At this time and on this station with a big hello buyer. For I pan up of my salad, two products you should know. On the Alan Young, Alan Young, Alan Young Show. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf.